1: 877 3811 Hostage families warn of Hamas raping. I don't have any more information than that. I want to thank uh, Zioli for sitting in. Last night, don't have this thing licked yet, but I'm getting there. Now, something's breaking as I come on the air here. As you know, Biden and Blinken keep pouring billions and billions and billions more into the coffers of the Islamo-Nazi regime of Tehran. They only had $4 billion on hand when Donald Trump left office. Now they have tens of billions. And they're using that money to produce weapons for Russia. They're selling their oil mostly to China. And they're making tens of billions of dollars for which they are funding terrorism against Israel, terrorism against the United States, terrorism against anybody that doesn't agree with them. And of course, funding the attacks on American forces overseas for which they're not paying any prices. Well, I've been saying over and over again, it's time for the Republicans, particularly in the House, to do something about it. And they have an excellent Speaker of the House, quite frankly. He's a good man. They've tried to destroy him, have the media, because he's a faithful Christian. He's a born-again Christian. And, you know, if you're born-again Christian, or you're an Orthodox Jew, or you're a faithful Catholic, you're a religious extremist. This coming from the Marxists and the other reprobates in the media. But the vote in the House just now was 307 to 119. One present, eight not voting. On House Bill 5961, titled No Funds for Iranian Terrorism Act. 90 Democrats joined the Republicans. Now, what's interesting is, that means... Over 120 Democrats voted against it. But 90 is a big number, I suppose. And uh, 307, that's a significant majority. So now this bill goes immediately to the United States Senate. Where Chuck Schumer is in control of the daily agenda. Of whether votes are scheduled or not. Now, obviously, the Republicans in the Senate have some power, too. They can shut that damn place down until there's a vote on this thing. They certainly can, and they must. They've got to show some strength, for God's sakes. I mean, the House can't do all the lifting under our system. It's one part of the bicameral Congress. And if it got to the floor, I'm sure it would pass. But what this does is, among other things... It exposes the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, and it exposes those who have moral integrity and those who don't. Chuck Schumer gave this speech the other day, and I'll talk about this, because it's not what it's all said to be. Now it's time to act. He's the majority leader. He's Jewish. He's from New York. He made that clear in his speech. He said his fellow travelers, partly responsible for anti-Semitism, it's amazing he uses a Marxist phrase, isn't it, Mr. Producer, his fellow travelers? But nonetheless, we salute him for that little piece of the speech. Doesn't call out anybody by name, nobody. Doesn't condemn the administration for not taking forceful action against anti-Semitism, where it can. College campuses and universities, oh, it's picking one off here and there. No presidential speech about it, nothing. We haven't even heard from the attorney general. More on that later. So, this now is in the Senate. It's on Schumer's desk. And what's he going to do about it? And what are the Republicans going to do to force action on this? Michael Johnson, the Speaker of the House, the Republican, he's already brought it up. They voted on it, it's now in the Senate. And this would also stop Biden from giving Iran sanctions relief, including that $10 billion and the $6 billion earlier. And any future monies. Now think about this. Why do we even need a vote in Congress to tell the administration to stop doing this? I mean, should they be stopping it on their own? They're not required to do this. So Congress has to tell the administration to cut it out. Arming our enemy. I don't know of another president in American history that armed our enemy. It is insanity. They're sabotaging the American people. They're sabotaging Israel while they're trying to put a jackboot on Israel's throat. That's right, I said it! The greatest enemy Israel faces today Is the Biden administration. Why? Because it can defeat Hamas. It can defeat Hezbollah. It can defeat Iran if it has to. But it can't do those things if the United States piles one condition after another on top of it is funding our enemies and their enemies to the tunes of tens of billions of dollars. You can't have an ally that hugs you, gives you the bear hug, as they say. We stand with Israel. We stand. There's nothing between. Wait, wait. Strongly, go get him. Go get him. And then days later, they're stabbing him in the back. Now, this legislation is in the Senate. Which senators are going to take the lead? Which senators are going to go to the floor and demand a vote? I'll tell you what's amazing to me. Schumer's not leading the fight. Bernie Sanders isn't leading the fight. Why? I've explained this in the last few days about how certain Jews view themselves as purely ethnic Jews. With very little connection to Orthodox Jews or Jews that follow the Torah much more closely than they do. They have almost nothing in common with them. View them as kind of radical, kind of weird, kind of extremists. That's why Thomas Friedman is constantly trashing religious Jews in Israel. He's the columnist for the New York Times that gets Pulitzer Prizes for publishing fiction. He's a buffoon. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. You can't be a Marxist and believe in the Torah. You can't be a Marxist and really believe in the Bible. Because Marx says burn all those things. But I saw a a reporter the other day refer to Bernie Sanders and all the sanctions effectively he wants to place on Israel and reminded us, and he's a Jewish senator. My point is this. When I read what Mike Lee posts and says, when I read what Tom Cotton posts and says, One from Utah, one from Arkansas. How many Jews are in those states? Seven? I really don't know. I'm just making a point. When righteous Gentiles are taking the lead in the United States Senate, that tells you a lot about the Democrat Party and the Marxist left. But it also tells you about the fantastic conservatives that we have in Congress. They're not the only ones. Lee is an example. Cotton's an example. They support Israel more than Thomas Friedman. They support Israel more than Anthony Blinken. They support Israel certainly more than Bernie Sanders. It's amazing, isn't it? And they support Israel more than Chuck Schumer. You know, Chuck Schumer's a fraud and a phony. And a fake. He votes against the Iran deal, and yet, as the Democrat leader under Obama, he's behind the scenes pushing everybody else to vote for it. What kind of a sleazeball does that? Chuck Schumer, that's what kind of sleazeball. And he waited a long time to give that speech. Long time. More on that later. So there it is. The legislation sits. It's in the Senate now. Now, what are they going to do about it? This is something you and I have been calling for. This is something you and I have been pushing. What will the Republicans in Congress do? Okay. Mike Johnson, the Speaker, and the Republicans acted. They got 90 Democrats to go along. Now, what's Schumer going to do about it? What's Bernie Sanders going to do about it? Bernie Sanders hates Israel. Hates it. He's the Talib of the U.S. Senate. He is. There's not a communist regime on the face of the earth that at one time or another Bernie Sanders didn't support. So there the bill sits. Let's see what happens in the Senate. We have a killer couple of shows this week, and we really, really do. And I know many of you are going to be busy, but can I encourage you, entice you, persuade you to watch Saturday Night Show, eight p.m. Eastern Time, Life, Liberty, and Live-In on Fox? We have General Keane and Senator Tom Cotton, and my face, and so, myself, my killer opening statement, and they are fantastic. And if you're going to be busy, you can set your DVR. It's very simple you can re- record on your smart TV it's very simple and same with Sunday where we have former ambassador from the United States to Israel under Donald Trump David Freeman, former congressman and republican candidate for governor of New York Lee Zeldin and again my opening statement I want you to know something nobody writes anything for me Mr. Producer open the phone o- o- open your microphone Do you write anything for me? Not a thing. Any of my comments, any of my opening statements, anything? Now, Mr. Producer is the best in the business. He's my executive. He works very, very hard. He finds these clips and so forth. I send him clips too. I decide what I'm going to keep or not. He really is the best. He's been with me since day one, and I'm a very lucky person. But on TV, you see these guys looking at monitors. I don't have, what do they call those monitors people read? I don't even remember the name of them. Teleprompters. You know, Biden can't even get it right on the teleprompter. I don't have teleprompters. I have monitors, but they have pictures, not, you know, who the guest is or something like that. So I take notes of myself, or if I read something, I'll hold up the document or from my book or a book or something, or I'll just speak to you. Everything you hear from me is from me but I'll give you the example because many people ask me about behind the scenes stuff to the extent I can tell you, I will tell you this when I prepare for my Saturday and Sunday Fox shows I spend hours gathering research I want to be accurate I know so many of you take the time to watch you have a right to accurate information 95% of it doesn't make it on the air because I don't have the time But if I'm going to do a show, let's say I tape a show at noon, I'm up at 6.30 working on it. I don't want to pat on the back. I just want you to know I put an effort into this. Radio, this program, Eastern Time, comes on at 6. I'm prepping for this show morning, noon, and night. Mr. Producer is catching my emails, catching my comments left and right all day long. This is a 24-7, to me, obligation that I have. I I might even say blessing that I have. And particularly times like this, when the world's on the brink, when the world's on the edge, it is not the time to skate. And you know, I don't hide anything, the last 10 or 12 days have been miserable for me. They say it's not COVID, it's not, so maybe it's this China stuff. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's just been brutal. And it pains me to have missed last night's program. But it pains me. But I'm not going to sit here and hack and cough on the microphone all night long and turn you off anyway. It's very important to circle back. That you make it clear to your senators that you expect to vote on this bill and you want it to be sent to Biden. And it's time to push back. It's time to draw lines. And it's time to take back our foreign policy. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Levin.
1: Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N to 68592. That's LEVIN to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply, performance varies, consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You know, it's amazing, ladies and gentlemen, Blinken is every bit as sleazy as I've been saying for weeks, he's every bit as sleazy as John McCain said several years ago on the floor of the Senate. When he goes to the Middle East, he doesn't go there to help Israel. He goes there to undermine Israel. When he's meeting with Arab countries, or the PLO, that's why he's there. And so he meets with the Israeli cabinet. They call it the war cabinet, but the Israeli cabinet. The Secretary of State, who's elected by nobody, and apparently reports to nobody. He's calling the shots, pretty much. The Secretary of State, Blinken, who works very closely with Obama, Notice how Obama's been very quiet lately. The Secretary of State, who was Obama's Deputy Secretary of State, that is Blinken, and he brings in Jake Sullivan, who also worked on the Biden campaign, and Blinken and Sullivan were responsible for that letter, remember, by the so-called 51 experts, that the Hunter Biden laptop was actually uh, Russian disinformation, those people? Well, I want to tell you what happened in this war meeting, in this cabinet meeting with Blinken when we returned. Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k, and you want to diversify with physical gold, you can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply, performance varies, consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark with the thunder on the right. Call
3: in now, 877-381-3811. You
1: know, this John Carl's really kind of a puke. Guy that works at ABC, he's a dork. Keeps writing books about Trump. If you're a real reporter and you have breaking news, then break it. But these reporters live off of Donald Trump. They actually grift off of Donald Trump. All right, let me move on. So there's Blinken, right? There he is. In the meeting, he calls the meeting. He wants to meet with Netanyahu and his war cabinet. And this is from the Times of Israel. According to leaked remarks from today's War Cabinet meeting attended by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, first of all, think about that. You have a guy who's really accomplished nothing in his life except went to a poison Ivy League school, worked on Capitol Hill for Biden for years, was appointed by Obama to a top job, was appointed by Blinken to the top job. But what has the guy ever done? So, here's what Blinken told Israel it cannot operate in southern Gaza in the way it has done in the north. In other words, it won in the north and is winning in the north. It can't win in the south. A presumed reference to the heavy air bombardment and crushing ground operation and indicated that Israel has weeks, not months, to complete its declared mission of destroying Hamas. So, let me see if I understand. You have weeks, not months, You must not destroy the southern part of Gaza. You must therefore only do a ground operation, which of course exposes more and more of your IDF soldiers, these young men and women, most of whom are not regular military. You mustn't hurt any citizens, even though Hamas uses their citizens in war crimes to protect themselves. You mustn't use any air power, which gives you a significant step up against Hamas. You have to fight on their territory. Urban warfare, street to street, room to room. God knows how many explosives and other things are there. They have tunnels everywhere. So you, the Israeli Jews, this is how we demand that you fight. And get it over in weeks. And if you win... Should you win, then get the hell out of there. And we, the United States, are going to give that land, as well as Judea and Samaria, about a fourth or a third of the of the, of the, of the landmass of Israel, your ancestral homes. It's right there in the Bible. Go look. We're going to give it to these people. And we're going to make the false distinction between the PLO that was founded By Arafat, a terrorist, and of course Hamas. So you do your thing, but this is the consequence of the attack on October 7th. You're going to lose your country, you're going to lose your ability to defend yourself, and whatever you do, don't kick Hamas's ass. Goes on, the U.S. administration has repeatedly backed Israel's goal of eliminating Hamas in the wake of the terror group's October 7th slaughtered 1,200 Israelis but as indicated, is increasingly troubled by the civilian fatalities and widespread destruction of the Hamas-run Strip. See, the Times of Israel is actually quite a left-wing outfit. When CNN and the Biden White House tried, but failed, of course, it's so preposterous to smear me as an anti-Semite, they went along with it. But of course, it's the anti-Semites who plant that kind of stuff. civilians, When's the last time Jake Tapper talked about the civilians being murdered in Iran? When's the last time Jake Tapper talked about the civilians being murdered in Yemen? When's the last time Jake Tapper talked about the civilians, the Uyghurs, being murdered in China? When's the last time Jake Tapper talked about the civilians being murdered in Turkey? When's the last time Jake Tapper talked about the civilians being murdered by other Muslims? And compare that to the number of times he brings up Israel and civilians. Oh, and when's the last time Jake Tapper talked about all the Americans dying from Biden's policies on the southern border? They don't care about civilians, he's reported. This is so predictable. So predictable, I predicted it. But here's what took place. Blinken, quote, You can't operate in southern Gaza in the way you did in the north. There are 2 million Palestinians there. You need to evacuate fewer people from their homes, be more accurate in the attacks, not hit UN facilities, and ensure that there are enough protected areas for civilians. And if not, then not to attack where there is a civilian population. What is your system of operation? All right, let's break this down. The Egyptians will not allow the Palestinians to leave. Where's all the pressure on Egypt? In the Times of Israel, and Axios, on CNN, anywhere. Almost none. Zero. So the Egyptians literally get away with all this murder taking place. The pressure's all on Israel, even though Israel's the one that attacked. Jordan, which used to be the homeland of most of these Palestinians, at least historically, they're not going to take a single one, and Jordan's not being pressured to take any. So Israel's boxed in. Look, you can defeat Hamas, but here's the conditions. You can't defeat Hamas. Why do I say that? There is no way that they can destroy Hamas when the Hamas Nazis are now among the population of the south part of Gaza. When they're being told that you can't hit UN facilities, like like they're trying to hit UN facilities, they're told... Not to hit infrastructure. Okay, so where are you going to find Hamas terrorists? Among the civilians, at the UN buildings, in the hospitals, in the infrastructure. So Israel's being told effectively you can't win. And then Blinken has the temerity to say, and what is your system of operation? This is a sovereign nation, Israel. This is an elected democratic government, the only one in the Middle East, the only one. But they hate Netanyahu, so they consider him illegitimate. They hate him as much as they hate Trump. Why? Because he stands up to them. He stood up to Obama. They need to get him out of the way in order to accomplish their, their mission, which is to empower Iran, create a so-called balance in the Middle East, weaken Israel. I know it's insane. They're insane. So IDF chief, Herzei Halivi, Responds, he says, we follow a number of principles, proportionality, distinction, and the laws of war. There were instances where we attacked on the basis of those principles and instances where we decided not to attack because we waited for a better opportunity. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant adds, the entire Israeli society is united behind the goal of dismantling Hamas, even if it takes months. Blinken, I don't think you have the credit for that. The secretary also reportedly pressed the cabinet over Israel's plans for a post-war guy. One of the reasons they don't have the quote-unquote credit for it is because Blinken has undermined them. He goes to these Arab countries, he goes to the PLO, he speaks to his European buddies, and he's organizing them, he's trying to unite them against Israel to end their war on Hamas and to agree to have their country carved up afterwards. Think about how insane this is, and think about how saboteur-like Blinken is. The Secretary also reportedly pressed the cabinet over Israel's plans for a post-war Gaza Blinken. You don't want the Palestinian Authority on the day after. We understand that. But the best way to kill an idea is to bring a better idea. The other states in the region need to know what you're planning. So Israel still fight. Can you imagine during World War II some country coming to the United States and saying, we need to know what you're planning. All these other countries want to know. And and by the way, do not touch the, uh, you know, Heidelberg. Do not touch Frankfurt. No, 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 don't do that. If you're going to do it, no bombing, you know, man-to-man combat, that's it. Hand-to-hand, man-to-man combat. Can you imagine? And then Prime Minister Netanyahu speaks up. Says, quote, as long as I'm sitting in this chair, the Palestinian Authority, which supports, educates, and finances terror, will not rule Gaza on the day after Hamas. Period. Think about that. He's in there as a special pleader for Hamas. You imagine that, Mr. Baduce? He's in there as a special pleader for Iran. He won't even defend our military personnel in the region. It's pretty shocking. And then these constant condescending lectures in public about Israel and citizens. They don't care about the death of citizens any more than Jake Tapper does. He doesn't talk about the Middle East and all the people being slaughtered in the Middle East. How about all the people being slaughtered in the Middle East before October 7th? They're funding Iran, which is slaughtering its own citizens. We talk about Hamas as a terrorist operation, killing its own citizens, using its own citizens, committing war crimes. We're funding them, too, through UNRWA in the UN, and again through through, uh, Iran. What about the citizens dying in Yemen as a result of Iran? Why are we still funding Iran? Once again, the greatest danger the Israelis face right now is the Biden regime. They are on a glide path, not an easy one, to destroying Hamas. They're being told they must not. That's what all these conditions are about. That's what all these conditions are about. They know that The United States supplies Israel with so many of these weapons. And they're using it to blackmail and threaten Israel to sit in their war cabinet meetings. To demand to know how they're going to proceed one step after the other. The Israeli leadership must be sitting there grinding their teeth. Chewing on nails going, what the hell is this? Obama's back. His sycophants are back. And I explain on Saturday's opening statement, which is why I certainly hope you'll watch, why this is the case. Why this is the case. Why this is the attitude. And I think when you're done listening to it, you'll see. Well, nobody said this before, but he's 100% right. Trust me on this. I'll be right back.
2: Mark Levin.
1: Have you seen the headlines lately? Third highest deficit in history. Digital dollar sparks uncertainty. We're living in an unpredictable world, but gold is still gold. It's weathered many storms. My gold gives me peace of mind. It's tangible. And I'm a firm believer in owning gold. My favorite gold company? Augusta Precious Metals. Why? Let me tell you something. They're top of the top. If you have an IRA or a 401k... Do you want to diversify with physical gold? You can learn about the benefits of a gold IRA from Augusta Precious Metals. They're outstanding. Get a free guide to gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals today. Text LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N to 68592. That's LEVIN to 68592. Again, LEVIN to 68592. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply, performance varies, consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions to get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Anthony Blinken at a press conference today, cut three, go. But as I've also said since I first came here after October 7th, the way Israel defends itself matters. It's imperative that Israel act in accordance with international humanitarian law, and the laws of war. Ah, shut up you a-hole with your condescending obnoxious constant lectures to the state of Israel that suffered this horrendous attack that suffers horrendous attacks every day like in Jerusalem at a bus stop civilians minding their own business two Palestinian terrorists come open fire murder three of them injure six others Israelis don't want to hear your crap, and neither do most Americans. You unleashed Iran. You unleashed Hamas. You're unleashing Hezbollah. You unleashed these terrorists. Now you're promising them more benefits. Their own country. If you rearmed Iran. You've done nothing to prevent them from getting a nuclear weapon. You are a sick SOB. Take your ideology and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. And stop going overseas to where these people have suffered and tell them that they have to be careful and follow the rules of law. Let me tell you something, you dumb. Let me tell you something. If Israel wasn't following the rules of war, Israelis would have raped their way, decapitated babies their way mass slaughtered and burned alive Palestinians, their way to defeating Hamas. They haven't done any of that, and they never would. It wouldn't even occur to them. Stop lecturing these ethical and moral people about being ethical and moral when you have blood on your hands, you SOB. You and your damnable policies. Stop blackmailing them. Stop threatening them. Stop organizing the Arab and Muslim world against them. You and Obama and Sullivan and Biden and the rest of the reprobates. There was peace in our time right there in the Middle East. Peace was breaking out left and right. Arab countries lining up. to have diplomatic relations with Israel. thanks to Donald Trump, who they're trying to put in prison for the rest of his life. And you went there, USOB, and you set the whole region on fire. You and Blinken and Mali, the whole crowd. The Obama team, now the Biden team. They're arsonists, they set that whole part of the world on fire and now they blame Israel, they pressure Israel. Israel has to give up a third of its country. Israel has to give up its ancestral homelands. Where Judaism was born, in Judea and Samaria and give them to the moderate Palestinians who've been slaughtering Jews there for more than half a century. This is insanity. This guy is a punk. He's a know-nothing, sanctimonious punk. That's what he is. McCain was right, and I'm right. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Three eight one one. Remember this guy, Rashid Khalidi. I know all these names get confusing at some point. He's a professor at Columbia, professor of history, professor of Middle East history, Palestinian American, with sympathetic ties towards Hamas. He's in the Edward Said Chair, similar ilk, and he was interviewed by this guy Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald, who some people have a fascination with. I view him as a little... I can't say the word P-R-I-C-K here, can I? But that's how I view him. Very little P-R-I-C-K. And so uh, Greenwald, favorite of the anti-Israel right, by the way, uh, he's interviewing Professor Rashid Khalidi. You want to know why so many of our students have lost their minds. Here's one reason. And he says in this interview, and I want to give a hat tip to Breitbart. It's the first place where I saw it. Uh, He says in this interview that uh, Israel had not a legal or moral right to respond militarily to the Hamas terror attack. And so this is what your kids, if you're going to Columbia, are learning when they're in this guy's class. Here's just a little taste of it. Cut 20, go.
2: If you step back one minute, I think it's very clear that if you occupy and if you imprison and, and, and blockade and besiege a population, sooner or later that population is going to react violently and negatively. Uh, Israelis talk about this as if it's irrational. You
1: know, what, let me educate you, more on. The Gaza Strip was open and free. It didn't start with a wall. didn't start with a blockade. John Locke, I know John Locke is very foreign to people like Rashid Khalidi. Not his type of philosopher, but he was the main philosopher behind America's founding. And people said, all these, these things you talk about. I told you this, I wrote about it. Where does it exist? He says, in America. America's a clean slate. Well, Gaza was a clean slate. The Israelis won it with the lives of their soldiers when Israel was attacked from the Egyptians. The Egyptians wanted nothing to do with it. It's a sliver of land, but it's a beautiful piece of land, actually, on the Mediterranean Sea. And it could have been a beautiful Hong Kong-type country, if you will. But the problem was First the PLO, the moderates, took it over and then there was an election that was 2005, an election in 2007, and the peaceful Palestinian citizens voted for Hamas, a known terrorist organization, part of the Muslim Brotherhood umbrella operation. And Hamas didn't hide who Hamas is, but they voted for it. So, this is an occupied territory. It's not even in dispute. It was given to the Palestinians, a gift. Not even in dispute. So when he says things like, if you step back one minute, I think it's very clear that if you occupy or if you imprison and blockade and besiege a population, sooner or later that population is going to react. So this is what his students are hearing. This is what his students are hearing. So he's justifying... Terrorism. And he goes on. Go ahead.
2: National at all. Uh, the, the, the nature of the violence is, of course, horrific. That, that, that was carried out on that day. And this but. I'm
1: tired of, too. The people who hate the Jews, hate the existence of Israel. They all said, you know, October said that was a horrible thing. But. And then they explain it. But. It's Israel's fault. But. It's the Jews' fault. But. After the Holocaust. But.
2: Go ahead. You do this to people and you pretend that out of sight is out of mind and you can live a normal life in suburban communities with other people in a cage within a couple of miles. What do you mean
1: live a normal life in suburban communities? These are kibbutz. And by the way, America, for those who don't know, some of the most radically liberal individuals in Israel live in these Kibbutz or kibbutzim. They're like little socialist enclaves. They're not Likud Party supporters. They're not Netanyahu supporters. They're not living in wealthy suburbs. They're not living in five-star hotels like the Hamas leaders, multi-billionaires, which, of course, Khalidi will never address. No, no, no. And, of course... All this pent-up anger and everything else. 20,000 or more Gazan-Palestinians would come into Israel to work and then go back. 20,000 or more. How many Jews could go into Gaza and work? None. In fact, most of them can't go into most of the countries that surround Israel. And so this is, you know, what about Iran? funding Hamas, it doesn't matter what about the Arab countries where the Muslims are killing Muslims, that's quite secondary what about the caliphate, what about that whole Islamist ideology look they're all stuck here in Gaza they've got nowhere to go so they exploded in violence, okay, so they're raping people and, and beheading little babies, now that was atrocious we don't support that of course But it's understandable. Go ahead.
2: You are storing up problems that sooner or later are going to erupt. So did Israel have a right to occupy in the first instance? Did Israel have a right to kick those people out in 1948 in the second instance? Let's stop.
1: Again, when it comes to Gaza Strip, none of that's relevant. But Israel kicked those people out in 1948. So for this professor, no doubt tenured, where he spews his poison and his anti-Semitism, the world began in 1948. Is that what we say to black Americans, the world began in 1948? Is that what we say to Native Americans, the world began in 1948? Is that what we say? The world didn't begin in 1948. To kick out the people who were there, they say. Where are all the Jews that used to live in Iraq? They were kicked out. Where are all the Jews that used to live in Iran? Most of them fled for their lives. Where are all the Jews that used to live in Lebanon before Hezbollah? Almost all gone. Where are all the Jews that were in the Middle East? I mean, after all, Judaism is an older faith than Muslim than uh, excuse me, uh, Islam by far. What happened to all the Jews? I mean, you really want to play this game? Well, let's go way back. Half the Middle East belongs to the Jews. If you follow this moron's logic, and of course they apply the same logic to the United States, just as a footnote here, but an important one. Why do you think the border's wide open? And I discussed this over the weekend. Why do you think? To turn Texas blue. Got it. But why else do you think? Those of you who read American Marxism and read that chapter, what does it say? Because the white Europeans came here and conquered these lands. It doesn't belong to so-called American citizens. It belongs to the illegal aliens who are coming here. It's their land, so they can't possibly be the illegal aliens. It's the white Europeans who are the illegal aliens. It's the white dominant culture that's illegal. Not the people who are coming over the border. It's their border. It's their country. That's what they're also teaching in colleges and universities. So that projects right into the Middle East, except the difference is the Jews were there before there were anything called Palestinians. But they're not going to discuss that. So you now the Jews, as I said before, that's like telling, the, telling Navajo Nation that you're settlers in your own country. You're settlers on your own land. Do we say that to Native Americans? Hey, you know what? These are the indigenous peoples. Actually, there were peoples before that, but I don't want to get into that. The indigenous peoples? Do we call them settlers? Do we call Native Americans? You're settlers. Wait a minute. We're not This was our land. You're settlers. And we're talking about a couple of hundred years ago. Maybe tops 500 years ago. In the Middle East, we're talking 4,000 years ago. And there's proof. It's called the Bible. And there's proof. It's called archaeology. Lots and lots of proof. And the funny thing is, the Palestinians aren't in the Bible, and there's not a lot of archaeology backing up that they were there either. None. Zero. This is Rashid Khalidi. Now, why does it matter? He's basically a pimple on an elephant's ass. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald now as well. He doesn't have much of a form anymore. What's this all about? Well, this is where Obama's ideology comes from. This is where Obama's ideology comes from. I told you i do my research. Back in May 20, 2011, 12 and a half years ago, National Review Online, Stanley Kurtz, our buddy, he wrote a piece called Israel and Obama's Radical Past, including Rashid Khalidi. I'll cut to the chase. The Los Angeles Times has long refused to release a videotape in its possession of a farewell dinner attended by Obama for a scholar and Palestinian activist Rashid Khalidi. Obama spoke warmly of his friendship for Khalidi at that event. Unfortunately, the continuing mystery of that videotape has obscured the rather remarkable article that the L.A. Times did publish about the dinner and about Obama's broader views on the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. And in light of the controversy of Obama's remarks on Israel and his address, on the Middle East, it's worth revisiting that 2008 article from the LA Times. The extraordinary thing about allies at Palestine see friend in Obama, quote-unquote, is that in it, Obama's supporters say that in claiming to be pro-Israel, he's hiding his true views from the public. This is exactly what Blinken's doing that whole team, that whole Obama team, and their media friends are doing it too. Having observed his personal associations, his open political alliances, his public statements, his private remarks, Obama's Palestinian allies steadfastly maintain that Obama's private views are far more pro-Palestinian than he lets on. Having pieced together Obama's history, he says, Stanley Kurtz, I make much the same argument Obama's broader political stance in his book, Radical in Chief says Obama's true views are far to the left of what he lets on in public. And by the way, this administration's conduct right now vis-a-vis Israel versus the terrorists is way, way radical left, much further on that they're letting you know about. With Mr. Moderate, Mr. Lunchbucket Biden. Yet it's striking, he writes, to see Palestinian activists making essentially the same point, not in criticism of Obama, but in praise. Notice also that in this article, Rashid Khalidi himself claims that Obama's family's ties to Kenya and Indonesia have inclined him to be more sympathetic to the Palestinians than other American politicians are. That sort of claim often gets ridiculed when conservatives make it. The point of all this is not that as President Obama is going to make policy exactly as Rashid Khalidi might. Rather, the point is that Obama's stance is going to tilt more heavily toward the Palestinians than any other likely American president, Republican or Democrat just as Obama's Palestinian allies argued in the L.A. Times piece. And we've, of course, put this up on the mothership, MarkLevinShow.com, this entire article, in which Kurtz links to the article that he's talking about. And Obama appointed this guy, Malley, to work on the Iran deal. Biden comes in. Secretary of State Blinken appoints his buddy, Malley, to negotiate with the Iranians. Malley's a Marxist. His father was a Marxist. Think about this. He's strongly pro-Iranian. The Iranian regime. He brings in some spies with him. Mali's now under investigation. His classified ticket's been pulled. The Biden administration has gone 100% silent. Nobody knows what's going on. But we can see the after effect. And what's going on in the Middle East now. Middle East was silent. It was peaceful. As a result of Trump. Not so much silent, but peaceful. And now it's exploded. I guess they'll blame that on uh, climate change. I'll be right back. Mud, You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G 5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So, if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L E V I N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So, make this switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L E V I N, to claim your free, most Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin. Pure Talk. Simply smarter wireless. Ben Witteman, senior international correspondent on CNN yesterday, the Constipated News Network, a.k.a. the Communist News Network. Wolf Blitzer asks him a very intriguing question. Now, remember, Wolf Blitzer's family suffered through the Holocaust this We've heard it over and over again, which is a fact, which makes his behavior inexcusable, in my view. Listen to the way this question is posed. Cut five, go.
3: Ben, uh, you were in Janina out, out in the West Bank yesterday, and since then, Palestinian authorities say two Palestinian children were killed by Israeli troops uh, there in the West Bank. What can you tell us about this?
1: Now, this is very interesting to me. How many Palestinian children have died in Gaza as a result of Hamas? How many Palestinian children have died in the so-called West Bank, Judea and Samaria, as a result of Hamas or other terrorists? Seriously, folks. So the question is, of course, to uh, Weidemann, and he knows the answer, does Blitzer, uh, tell us about, the Palestinians say two were killed there. Tell us about that. Okay, tell us about it. Go ahead.
3: Now, this is just the latest in dozens of Israeli incursions uh, into the city of Janina in the northern West Bank, particularly uh, the refugee camp. And why there. is
1: that? What's going on there? I'm sure you want to report the whole story, don't you? Hamas is now active in the so-called West Bank their terrorists are active they're attacking the indigenous peoples there aka in the west, the settlers and these Israelis are having to fight them there too, you're not getting much much news about this not that you would get actual news anyway, go ahead
3: at night they left at about 3 p.m. Uh, but what we're seeing and there were several people, at least four people, killed uh, in this raid but two of them were boys, and we need to warn viewers that some of these images uh, can be very disturbing. They were caught on CCTV. One of them shows eight-year-old Adam El Ghoul, who is hiding behind a car and then is hit directly by live fire. He falls to the ground. You can see him starting to bleed. Uh, somebody, a friend perhaps, tries to drag him to ha- safety behind the car, but he was killed there. The other one, 15-year-old Basil Abu Elwafa, wafa also shot. Now, some of the video seems to show that he had some sort of device in his hand that he was trying to light. Uh, The Israeli army says, that I'm going to just read this here, a number of suspects hurled explosive devices uh, towards Israeli soldiers who responded uh, with live fire. Now, I have covered israeli incursions into uh, refugee camps before oftentimes the little kids are not throwing explosive devices they're throwing firecrackers
1: oh they're throwing firecrackers Now, i want to get back to this this is the kind of reporting that incites violence you want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G five G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, fifteen gig data plan, just thirty five bucks and get the Moto G five G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com Levin, L-E-V-I-N to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to Pure PureTalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L E V I N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, pure talk, simply smarter wireless. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877 381 3811. Listen carefully to this, to this. Report from the CNN international, Cor- senior international correspondent. The other one, 15-year-old Abu al also shot. Now, some of the video seems to show that he had some sort of device in his hand that he was trying to light. Now, remember, Israel's at war. These are terrorists. And by the way, they use teenagers and children as terrorists all the time. Nonetheless... The Israeli army says, and I'm going to just read this here, a number of suspects hurled explosive devices toward Israeli soldiers who responded with live fire. Now, I've covered Israeli incursions into refugee camps before. Oftentimes, the little kids are not throwing explosive devices, they are throwing firecrackers. And Blitzer sits there like a, like a bump on a log. And so the obvious follow-up question is, well, what was, he, what was he lighting? This isn't, you've seen kids throw firecrackers before. What was this 15-year-old kid doing? You don't tell us. And how are the Israelis supposed to respond? They don't know if he's 15 or 18. What do they do, ask for his identification? But he has a device in his hand. Appears to show that there's a device in his hands that he's trying to light. are supposed to wait there and check it out? This is CNN. This is how CNN conducts itself. It's grotesque. Absolutely grotesque. I also want to say something on the record. Elon Musk is no anti-Semite. He's even apologized for his post. The anti-Semites are in the Democrat Party, Talib and company. They're in the media. They know who they are. We know who they are. You can't miss them. The anti-Semites are in the White House. The anti-Semites vote Democrat. If they vote at all, they vote Democrat. They don't vote Republican. The anti-Semites are tenure professors, most of whom are Democrats. They're college students, not all, obviously, but those that are, vote Democrat. It's like calling Trump worse than Hitler. He's worse than Hitler. He used the word vermin. Wow, he's worse than Hitler. Worse than Hitler? Oh, and he's going to imprison and execute people. This is what we get from the Morning Joe over at MSNBC. So Media Matters, a Soros front group. Talk about anti-Semite. There's Soros and the front groups that he funds. And the CEO of Media Matters, there's an anti-Semite and a homophobe and a bigot and a racist. Not anymore, of course. You know, He's, he's cleaned up his act. He's, he's, he's a good guy. Quoted all over the media. His organization feeds stories to the media to try and destroy Fox or Elon Musk or me. They used to do right. Whatever. Because they all have the same ideology in the end. Doesn't matter. Truth be damned. Truth be damned. There's no evidence whatsoever that Elon Musk is an anti Semite in any respect, not in his hiring, not in his investments. Goes over to Israel, meets with the prime minister, members of the war cabinet. Looks at the area, tours the area where the slaughter occurred. Oh, he's a real anti-Semite. It's like Trump. There's an anti-Semite. He's worse than Hitler. But Biden, no, no, Biden supports Israel. Always has. Really? Malcolm Begin didn't think so. No, you don't understand, you see. You're part of MAGA. Not part of any. Oh, yes, you are. You definitely are. But media, I said, you know, the Dan Abrams Abrams Democrat front group with his brother in law who was a criminal prosecutor looking in the Trump, which they never revealed over there at media. And, oh, that guy, yeah, that guy. The media matters that never reveals its donors, gets all kinds of dark money, was founded in part by George Soros. Remember that? Oh yeah, that that group. They're, they're reliable. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Now they're all worried about citizens. All of a sudden they're worried about citizens. Not our citizens, not on our southern border. They don't talk about it. They don't report on it. They don't go down there. They don't see what the hell's going on. The sex slavery that's going on, selling children into sex slavery. Oh, okay, well, you know, big deal. And they don't even report on it. If they do, it's in passing. But they're concerned. New report out about these. Rape tents. Rape tents on the way to get to the United States. All the women who are raped, all the women who come here and have to have abortions. It's unbelievable. But Joe, that's Trump's fault. You see, Joe Biden doesn't have any responsibility for anything but binomics. Bidenomics. What? Yeah, yeah. Trump's fault, don't you know? going to take care of him we're going to put him in prison we got all our democrat judges and appellate judges all lined up they'll take care of him don't you worry we'll get him convicted and then you know then he'll be called a convicted felon as he runs for president you really want to know really what's going on in the middle east with the news operation there's a handful of them But make sure you check out out memory.org. I've talked about this group before. M-E-M-R-I.org. You know what they do? They monitor the news and the reporting and the speeches in all these Arab-slash-Muslim countries, as well as Iran, Muslim-Persian country. And they have interpreters that go through this stuff. And they tell you what they're saying about us, about the Jews, about Israel, about each other. You won't get this crap from CNN, blitzering his senior foreign correspondent. In my long history of reporting in these refugee camps and the Israelis going in, frequently the youngsters use firecrackers. Oh, okay. Thank you for nothing. Complete hit job on Israel and the Jews from CNN, and it's constantly. Jake Tapper is very concerned about the Palestinian civilians in the Gaza Strip. And he'll tell you, just ask him, oh, God, what's going on? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's taking place there. Okay, Jake. Why aren't you doing any reporting from Iran on what's going on to the citizens there? The rape and the murder of the young ladies there. Why don't you do that, Jake? Or Syria? Oh, you know, we did that three and a half years ago, Mark. You know, we did that. Well, do it now. It's still going on. How about Yemen? People don't know where the hell Yemen is. Go ahead, check it out, Jake. Tell us about what's going on with the citizens in Yemen. Please, I have a better one. I have a better one. Wolf Blitzer, take your senior correspondent, you and he, and maybe take Jake, too, and go look at the death camps. In China. Check them out. What's going on there? You're concerned about civilians and citizens, right? Why are you only focused on Israel? Which is trying to defend itself. Which is trying not to kill citizens. Despite the fact that Hamas wants citizens killed so they can feed you. Feed you propaganda that you spew and you regurgitate. Ben Wiedemann. Senior international correspondent, CNN. This guy should be kicked out on his ass for this kind of propaganda. Excused his reporting. Ben, you were in, Janine, out in the West Bank yesterday, and since then, Palestinian authorities say two Palestinian children were killed by Israeli troops. They were in the West Bank. What can you tell us about this? We don't even know who actually killed them. But okay, it's Okay. Ben will tell us, Ben has no idea about anything, especially this 15-year-old. Who was he holding, Ben? I don't know, but you know, in the past, firecracker. Ben, Ben, hello, Ben. 15-year-old, Hamas has moved heavily into the quote-unquote West Bank, Was he lighting firecrackers or an explosive? And how are the Israelis supposed to distinguish? I ask any cop to call the program. How would you know? What are you supposed to do? It's a 15-year-old. Maybe he looks like an 18-year-old. Who the hell knows? But it doesn't matter. What are you supposed to do? Die? Die? This is CNN a wasted carbon footprint. This is why they have no race. And by the way, over at MSNBC, what's the name of the guy they just got rid of, Mr. Producer? (coughs) Mehdi Hassan used to report for Al Jazeera, among others. Mehdi Hassan is an Israel-hating mouthpiece and propagandist who in the recent past, not not 40 years ago, 30 years ago, no, really just a few years back, probably unleashed one of the most sickening statements or speeches, and it was caught on video, and I forget who found it, but good for them. This guy was given a show on MSNBC. And, of course, they put him up against yours truly on Sunday night, and we crushed him like the grape that he is. Crushed him. Now they're bringing in another reprobate, Mr. or another equally hateful anti-Israel propagandist, and we will crush him, too. They used to have Anderson Cooper. They tried him against me. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Big, big push. We crushed him. Minds me of radio in many ways. All the people they throw at us, you know. Who's next? I have a good one. Jake Tapper. Put him up against me. I know you want him your prime time. doing No, no, that's okay. Give Jake Tapper an hour against me. I'd love it. No brag, just fact. People don't want to hear their crap. They know where CNN is. CNN started before Fox. CNN started before MSNBC. It was really the first news cable network. Great. Got a leg up and then cut it off itself. Because of the lousy, awful hosts, the lousy, awful executives turned it into a real swamp. And let me be honest with you, if you're a news reporter... And you're working at CNN or MSNBC. That's like the lowest of the low, Mr. After that, it's airport radar and sonograms. That's it. Or an orange juice can tied to your door handle. That's it. Jake Tapper goes from ABC News to CNN. guy's paid millions of dollars for 12 viewers. And Jake says exactly the same thing every time. Really, Really does. No, he does. That's where journalists go to die. Isn't that where they go to die, Mr. Bruce? CNN and MSN and the Washington Post. Losing employees left. Washington Post just let go of a few more hundred employees. Go ahead. Have a good time. New York slimes needed foreign investment. And then uh, look what it's turned into. It didn't turn into it. Look what it's been. People are sick and tired of these operations. America knows evil. Versus good. America knows who the good guys are and the bad guys are. America has suffered directly from Islamism and from terrorism. America knows who stood with us and who did not and Americans know that we're taking a vacation and this is what tells you everything you need to know. You're not going to vacation in Gaza You're not going to vacation in the Palestinian so-called territories. You're not going to vacation in Iran, and you're not going to vacation in the southern part of Lebanon. Why is it? Because they'll kill you in two seconds. Therein is the difference. And all these reporters are very careful about what countries they go into because they know Journalists aren't respected in these places. They can attack Netanyahu. Oh, look at that. Netanyahu who's trying to cut subsidies. In these other countries, they'll cut your throat. I'll be right back.
2: Mark in
1: You want a deal? I got one for you. Free Moto G5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, fifteen gig data plan, just thirty-five bucks, and get the Moto G five G phone free. But here's the deal: you need to move fast because these phones will be gone by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two day battery life, an exceptional quad pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com/levin L-E-V-I-N to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan. Plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. How many of these corporate CEOs that have decided not to advertise on formerly known Twitter, have gone to Israel and visited the site where the October 7th slaughter occurred. Elon Musk went there, spent time with the prime minister and so forth. He's apologized for his post, but how many of these people have done this? How about Iger, who's destroyed Disney? Liberal Democrat? Democrat? How come he doesn't go to Israel and check out the area where the Jews were slaughtered? Since he's fighting anti-Semitism. Their idea of fighting anti-Semitism is fighting Elon Musk. Not fighting the universities and colleges. Not fighting the anti-Semites in their own employee population. Not fighting the anti-Semites in their own Democrat Party or the Biden administration. No. It's Elon Musk. He's an easy hit. And it's amazing the triggering of this occurred, in many respects, due to Media Matters, which uh, was really founded by George Soros, who's one of the biggest anti-Semites to ever walk on the face of the earth. You're not allowed to call him an anti-Semite, of course, because he's a radical leftist who's put tens of billions of dollars into front organizations trying to destroy America, our economic system, our culture, our, our entire country. And, of course, he funds these front groups that are anti-Israel. Many of them are anti-Semitic. But no, 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 he's a good guy. Elon Musk is the bad guy. I'm never going to buy the way the media in this country work. I don't care how many arrows they shoot at me. Ain't going to work. Not now, not ever. Because they're destroying our country. Now they're destroying Israel. But they're destroying our country. Bunch of sanctimonious punks who are not professionals, who have low IQs. I remember these kind of guys in high school and in college and in law school. The vast majority of them are Democrats. They vote Democrat. They're always going to vote Democrat. They hate you and me. They hate middle America. They hate Republicans. They hate Trump. They hate Netanyahu. What else do you need to know? I'll be right back.
0: Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building,
1: we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
0: Levin.
1: Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, help 877-381-3811, 877 381 What do I owe you, Mr. Peducer? I think I owe you something, don't I? By the way, we're going to have a great guest on. His name is Yechiel Leiter, father of Moshe Leiter, a major in the Israel Defense Forces, Air Force Special Ops. He's the father of six. was killed on November 10th while leading a commando unit of reservists against Hamas ISIS terror installations in Gaza. These are the individuals you never see on TV, especially CNN and MSNBC. The death toll is now four from those who were slaughtered just waiting for a bus outside Jerusalem when Palestinian terrorists came up and just slaughtered them. Four now are dead. I don't know how many were injured, six, eight, something of that. And I don't know how the CNN senior correspondent is reporting that one. You know, that's not like, well, were they ferret crackers? No, they were murdered in cold blood in broad daylight. This is why you don't watch CNN. You're not going to get the news on CNN. It is a completely phony and disgusting operation. Especially their foreign correspondents. They are the worst. Four killed in Hamas shooting. Let's go to our foreign correspondent, Fred Wiedemann, or whatever the hell the guy's name is. Uh, Now, those people who murdered those Israelis sitting on a bus bench waiting for the bus, uh, were they throwing firecrackers at anybody? No. Uh, Was there a mistaken identity? No. What were their ages? We don't have the foggiest idea. Any children? Who knows? That's CNN. 2005. IDF soldiers. Have been injured. Since October 7th. That is a lot for a relatively small army. 2005. Now I didn't get that from the Hamas health. Directorate or whatever they call themselves. This comes from the Israeli army. So you know it's true. Why it's democracy. That's why. They could be checked. Their records are public. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between subhuman throwbacks to the 7th century and a modern society. There just is. The moral equivalency that the media produce, of course, is a lie. So here we have four killed. Two terrorists who carried out the attack were shot and killed by police and a nearby civilian. Oh, I see. Well, then. Hamas. Hamas drugged children. This is from the hostages. They drugged children, burned their legs with motorcycle exhaust for identification. Each child seized by Hamas was placed on a motorcycle. They positioned the child's leg against the bike's exhaust pipe causing their flesh to burn. So I have a question for Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer and the other reprobates in the media. Tell me How many children have had their legs seared or children have been marked by burns by the Israeli IDF in Gaza? None. While we're doing this statistics game, comparing numbers, I have some more questions for CNN and MSNBC and the other Hamas special pleaders. How many Palestinian women have been raped in Gaza by Israeli soldiers? None. Really? None. Tell me, how many babies have been beheaded by the Israeli soldiers in Gaza? None. Zero. Tell me, how many people have been burned alive in Gaza by the Israeli soldiers? None. How many people have been dismembered, alive or dead, by the Israeli soldiers in Gaza? Zero. How many civilians have been tortured? Zero. Wow. How come those statistics don't get out? Now, of all the numbers they keep regurgitating about civilian deaths, how many were caused directly by Hamas? No idea. How many were caused indirectly by Hamas by using these these citizens as shields or not permitting them to leave? No idea. How many of the numbers of civilians, quote-unquote, who've been killed were actually Terrorists, Hamas terrorists, we have no idea. They just throw these numbers out, we have no idea. Oh, okay. And to think that the Biden administration with Blinken, Malley, Sullivan, and the other uh, traitors, they're traitors, traitors. To think they unleashed it off. And they take responsibility for it. You know, it's amazing. This guy, Blinken, runs around. He says to Israel, you better have a plan for protecting the citizens. You better have a plan for not harming the citizens. You better have a plan for a safe zones. You better have a plan. This guy has no morality whatsoever. He unleashed all of this. None of this would be going on but for American foreign policy under Biden. None of it. You better get those hostages out, you know, Israel. You, you, this is all on you Wait a minute. There wouldn't be hostages but for your policies. Iran was dying. The people were trying to overthrow the regime. You put an end to that. You are backing. You are bucking up the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran against the people of Iran. Biden, Blinken, uh, all the rest of the reindeer. Think about that. When we come back, a man who has suffered a real horrific loss, his son and father of six, a real hero, he was leading a commando unit of reservists, of reservists these are regular men and women who have other jobs against Hamas installation in Gaza. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Lovin.
1: Dr. Yehiel Leiter. Served in government as an advisor to Ariel Sharon, as Deputy Director General of the Ministry of Education. Chief of Staff to Benjamin Netanyahu in the Ministry of Finance. Major economic reversal there to the tremendous benefit and growth of Israel. He was chairman of the Israel Ports Authority and other positions, but the most important was the father of Moshe a major in the Israeli Defense Force, Air Force Special Ops, father of six, killed on November 10 while leading a commando unit of reservists against Hamas terror installations in Gaza. I'm very sorry, sir, uh, for your family, for the loss of your son. I've seen a picture of him, just a terrific young man. His background, his history. And I wanted you to uh, come on the program and tell millions and millions of Americans what this is like, what's happening, what's happened to your family, and what about the future, sir?
0: Well, thank you, Mark. Good evening. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to address your audience. Um, My son, Moshe, was my oldest of eight children. Uh, He was also my best friend. He uh, spent 15 years in uh, the Shaldad unit, which is the Israel equivalent of the Delta Force. He actually trained for some time with the uh, the Delta Force. Uh, At the age of 33, he decided to go to medical school because uh, he was intent on helping people and healing people. Um, He uh, was about to start his uh, clinical experience uh, on October 8th. But on October seventh, we know what happened. Uh, Hamas stormed into our communities, slaughtered 1,200 people, and uh, he immediately went back into a reservist position. He had spent even during the training, the medical training, he had spent 80, 90 days a year uh, doing reserve duty because he was a uh, a real expert, uh, field fox. He understood the battlefield very well. And that's why when uh, he went back into his reserve unit on October 8th and organized uh, the, uh, his soldiers and prepared them for war, he was actually put at the command of the point squadron, which led the division, the first division, to enter Beit Hanun. That's the northern community in, uh, in Gaza from which the Hamas terrorists would fire missiles into our cities, sometimes thousands of missiles at a time. And he was killed when uh, he led the operation to uh, discover piers, tunnel piers, that uh, uh, would lead to terrorist headquarters and to their ammunition sites. Uh, It was booby-trapped, a very heavy booby-trap. And uh, he was killed along with three of his uh, soldiers, and three were uh, injured seriously. Uh, They lost their legs. Um so it was a, uh, a great loss uh, for me personally, I think, for, for the IDF. We we had thousands of people during our Shiva, the mourning period uh, for him, thousands. And, and many of uh prime minister visited us, uh, the president of Israel, I'd say about half the cabinet, because he was very, very well known. He was very well liked, and he was a major who had uh, mastered uh, a, a masterful reputation. So, half my heart bleeds for my son and my best friend, and half my heart is very proud that I had a son who led the battle, a civilizational battle against evil.
1: Absolutely. And sitting here listening, uh, it's very emotional. Obviously, I don't know you, I didn't know him. And I'm thinking of uh, the great men who have to go off to war, whether they really want to or not but in times like this they're called to do duty and they go and they do so without objection and then I'm thinking about the leading politicians in my country here and how they never talk about the IDF soldiers they never talk about who they are they don't show their photographs they don't talk about their backgrounds their families what they've gone through and um I assume you find that incredibly disturbing. That never does Anthony Blinken or or Biden, none of them, ever talk about the the casualties. Two thousand five now have been injured of the of the IDF soldiers. These are uh, mostly not permanent military personnel. They're people who leave their jobs, as your son did, even though I most of them have a military background, and then and then he's killed. The media here is quite awful. They don't cover these stories properly. I don't know. What do you make of this? You you were born in America, correct? Do I understand that right?
0: Oh, I was was born and bred in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I come from President Biden's hometown. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my eulogy for my son, I actually uh, uh, sent a letter to the president. I addressed the president and requested that he cease and desist from uh, pressuring Israel to uh, uh, stop the military campaign. Um, look, uh, Mark, I, I, I think you touch on a very, very uh, an important point, a, a raw nerve uh, that troubles most Israelis. Uh, all we hear is about the uh, the Gazans, and um, you, you know that there are Gazans suffering, but they're suffering not because of Israel, they're suffering because they've been under the boot of a totalitarian fascist dictatorship called Hamas ISIS, people who disagree with Hamas or thrown off rooftops. Uh, this is uh, ISIS, and the United States didn't negotiate with ISIS. Uh, they didn't have ceasefires with ISIS. There was a concerted effort to destroy ISIS. The same way we didn't negotiate with, with Adolf Hitler, you don't negotiate with Nazis. These are people who uh, have no moral compass. The problem with, with the, the, uh, the West right now as a whole, and particularly in, in the U.S., is the, uh, the 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 moral confusion that's taken over the the college campuses, and it's the college campuses who are producing leaders uh, and think tank people uh, making policy in Washington. Uh, you know, in, in uh, when we were kids, Mark. So so, you know, postmodernism was a playful philosophy. Well, it's become diabolical politics because it confuses. It used to confuse good and evil. Now it actually interprets evil as good and good as evil. It's done a complete reversal in the words of Isaiah. So it's a it's a horrible situation where everybody's concerned about uh, Hamas and uh, and nobody realizes what Israel is facing. Uh, so. It's important that we try to address this issue of moral clarity as opposed to moral confusion.
1: I wanna hold you over
0: ceasefire with terrorist murderers.
1: I I have to take a break, Doctor. I wanna hold you over. You're a very, very important voice, and what people don't know, a very smart man, did postdoctoral work on the political theory, John Locke, who was so crucial to our American revolution here. And we'll be right back. Back with, uh, as you can tell, a very wonderful man who was mourning the loss of his son, who was enormously proud of his oldest son, Motion. And we're here with Doctor Leiter, Yigal Leiter, who worked in various positions in government, including for, including with Ariel Sharon and Benjamin Netanyahu. Let me ask you something, Doctor. Uh, there's a lot of uh, moral equivalency, which is you were pointing out in the United States, which is really. Uh, Evidence of a a rotting culture. What is it that you want to tell the American people in terms of moving forward here? We are blinking over in Israel, trying to get the Israelis basically to stop by piling on conditions. He's already talking about how he wants to carve up Israel and give Judea and Samaria to the Palestinian Authority and all these other things. You must be thinking, oh, my God, what the heck's going on here? What do you want to tell the American people about how things should go forward?
0: I think there are two points, Mark, if if you'll permit me. Um, uh, the, the first thing is that America needs to understand its role. America is, you know, Iran calls America the Great Satan. Yeah, well, that's because it's great, and they want to deride it, so they call it the Great Satan. But America is great, and if it if it, it departs from that role. It's not only America that suffers at the end of the day, it's the entire world, certainly the free world, certainly the people who believe in the values of Judeo-Christian ethics. Uh, America can't step back from its leadership role. And when it does that, as it began to do during the Obama administration, uh, you're going to have a rise of uh, uh, malevolent powers who are going to ultimately uh, cause suffering uh, for Western civilization as well? Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop here. Israel is really the like my son was the point squadron. Israel is the point squadron for for the for Western civilization. And if we defeat Hamas, then America benefits and the the the, in europe in europe benefits and the judeo-christian world benefits but america has to be out in front and has to lead and uh it can't step back from that role that's that that would be my first point Uh, the second point is uh we have to go back to our roots to our sources Uh, we've kind of lost a, a moral compass because we've lost where we've come from. If you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. You've written about this extensively in your book on liberty. You know, mm-hmm. the, you always have to look back and see wh- where do we come from? Where are our roots? What do we believe in? And uh, if we if we confuse that, if we forget that, you know, we make 1619 into 1620 or 1620 into you know the founding mm-hmm. it gets all confused. If you have a, a, a confused beginning, then you have a very confused future. So uh, I think it's uh, really imperative, A, that America understands its uh, uh, leadership position and understands its roots. And if that happens, Israel will be far more appreciated than it is now. The reason why Israel is derided in so much of academia and the media is because uh, wokeism has taken over and America's role and its history has been forgotten and confused.
1: Very brilliantly put. How, how is your family... Coping with all this, the rest of your family members, I mean, this is a big hole. Uh, and yet, your citizens of Israel, this threat still looms over over your family like it does the entire citizenry there.
0: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Mark, you know, a—it's a, it's, a, um, it's quite a move, you know, from talking about America's role to my family. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, we, we always have to see our, ourselves personally in the context of a bigger picture and the bigger picture in the context of our personal lives. Um, you know, when when I got the knock on the door at 1230 at night, uh, the two officers who came to inform me that my, my son had, had fallen, uh, I really didn't know what name they were going to say because I have five sons uh, all serving in combat units wow. and two sons-in-law so it was seven i really had seven members of my immediate family and uh, of course the name fell on on my on my oldest uh, uh, who uh, was in the most senior position of my family members but uh, since his death uh, the army has uh, requested of my uh, four uh, other sons and Moshe's brothers. Uh, to not go back into combat. They could choose to go back, and their mom asked them to please, at least the present time, not immediately go back into combat. But my two sons-in-law don't fall into that category, and they're both uh, very much. I have one son-in-law who's a, uh, a battalion commander, and the other one who's a squadron commander in the Givati brigade. Uh, we're, we're very very proud you know our hearts are our hearts are split I, half of my heart bleeds 24 uh, 7 uh, for my son I miss him uh, desperately um, you know just to just to have a conversation with him again just to stroke him and, and, and uh, you know give him a hug uh, but I have another half of the heart that's very very proud because it is impossible to protect and defend Liberty uh, the values that we hold dear, uh, the, the value of life as opposed to the glorification of the death that Hamas ISIS does without being willing to defend, uh, and, and give our lives for that cause. My son, I will tell you this, uh, I didn't know this until the end of the Shiva mourning period, but one of his closest friends, uh, told me that before he went in, uh, to Beit Hanun, before he entered Gaza, he left a voice message to two of his closest friends, and he said, I may not make it out, and if I don't, these are my instructions in order to take care of my wife and, and six children. So he knew that, you know, th- there's the the possibility of death in war. He knew that he was leading the squadron that would lead the entire division. Uh, you know, he, he was he was actually a battalion commander in rank, but he chose to go in as a squadron commander because he loved his soldiers so much, and they loved him. And they wanted to be at the, uh, the point of the entire division, which, you know, is over some, some 2,000 soldiers. So they were very much dependent on Moshe. The entire division was dependent on Moshe's understanding of the battlefield. And he knew that when you go out there in front of the entire division, you stand the greatest risk. But he knew what he was fighting for look he knew what he was fighting for he knew that we need to uh uh, uh defeat this evil what was perpetrated just this morning mark for crying out loud I mean, mm-hmm. hamas already took responsibility for it you know they, they they get out of a car and start randomly killing people at a bus stop at the major intersection in jerusalem This is what these people believe in. It's a glorification of death. It's a death cult. And unfortunately, it can't be negotiated with, and it can't be cease-fired. We'll do everything we can to prevent, uh, you know, uh, civilians getting involved in harm's way. By the way, let me make this point. Mm -hmm. You know, if if we weren't concerned about the civilians uh, on the other side in Gaza, uh, it could be that my son would be alive today. We could have just continued straf bombing Gaza for the for you know to the Stone Age for the next three months. But we chose to send infantry in, combat troops, commando units in order to uh, do a, a hair splitting, pinpricked operation in order to prevent collateral damage. I, I don't think any army in the world takes no. the caution and care that we take in order to uh, uh, avoid collateral damage. So we're very, very proud, and and that helps us into a period of consolation as well as mourning.
1: And you know, when you hear members of Congress here, the people, in the media, phony experts, um, this administration here in this country talk about, you need to be more precise in how you're using your weapons. Use weapons that are more precise, and you know, you can't do to South Gaza what you did to North Gaza. I just want the public to understand, and I think you can underscore this point, Doctor. That means that more Israeli soldiers are likely to die because it's more urban warfare, more, you know, alley to alley, door to door. They know the terrain; they know where they've put the explosives and all the rest. Isn't that correct?
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, they've done—they've dug an entire city. The billions of dollars that have been pumped into Gaza have not been used for the for the average for the average citizen. They've been used by the terrorist organization, some forty to fifty thousand strong, to build an entire city underground. I mean, this isn't three tunnels that the North Koreans uh, dug, you know, to to, to attack Seoul and that were that were uh, uh, that were discovered. This is an entire city with operational centers and command centers underground. That they can be maintained. And by the way, most of their uh, headquarters are placed under hospitals and schools. Uh, the firing of missiles takes place from the middle of schoolyards. And we know now that the UN uh, representatives in Gaza were holding, actually holding hostages. I mean, the, the level of barbarity is, is hard to understand. One of the hostages released yesterday was uh, severely injured when she was taken hostage, a 27-year-old woman. And so, you know, they operated on her, a veterinarian, mm-hmm. an animal doctor operated on her hand. And, uh, uh, you know, who knows what kind of permanent damage, but it's it's all part of this jeering and jestful, murderous cult. You know, we're going to treat the Jew like an animal. We're going to have the veterinarian operate on on her hand. We have, we, we know the extent of the, where are the women's organizations for crying out loud? Where is, where is you know, the, the Me Too generation? Uh, where, where is Michelle Obama? Uh, women are being raped right now as we're talking. We know the hostages have, 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 have uh, detailed accounts of what has taken place there. This is a form of punishment by Hamas, ISIS. You, 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 you rape women and torture people there were, there were children who were forced to watch uh, horrific films of the slaughter that they perpetrated, and when they cried, there was a gun held to their head that they have to stop crying. What kind of barbarism is this for to us to be lectured to about collateral damage? Uh, I don't want to go into the details. I can go into numbers, you know, about collateral damage of other armies in other uh, uh, fields of battle. And our statistics are far better. And yes, we are, Mark. We are endangering our soldiers uh, in order to uh, uh, prevent, uh, as best we can, collateral damage. But the people responsible for that collateral damage are not our soldiers, is not our army. It's Hamas. And if somebody can come up with a magic potion about how to deal with a terror organization, the 50,000 strong, that takes charge in a, in a totalitarian fascist terrorist authority over its its civilians and, and and you know israel puts its soldiers in front of its civilians they put the civilians in front of their terrorists mm-hmm. now you know somebody come up with a solution for dealing with that where you have no civilian injuries it just doesn't exist it's unfortunate it's tragic but the sooner we end hamas the sooner we destroy hamas exactly. the sooner those civilians will be protected
1: dr leiter i uh, we mourn for you, for your family, for your son's loss, the losses throughout Israel, the losses, unfortunately, that are going to come. But I do want you to know, because we have to go, that there are tens of millions of us who support you, support what you're doing, despite what the media say. They don't represent us. And support for Israel in this country, not necessarily in a particular party or particular news outlet, but it remains quite strong. We will continue to lead that battle right here behind this microphone, and I want to God bless you, sir, very, very much. You take care of yourself.
0: God bless you, Mark. Thank you very much. It's Consoling words that you shared with me, and I
1: thank you. God bless you, sir. What a remarkable man. What a remarkable man, and so many people are going through this over there. Again, you won't see this on CNN or MSNBC. Why? Why? I'll be right back. Mark Luben. What does Jamie Dimon, a radical left-wing Democrat, over there, I believe it's a Goldman Sachs or one of those outfits, what does he know about Nikki Haley that we don't know, or he's telling Democrats to vote for her? Jennifer Rubin, a reprobate at the Washington Compost that hates conservatives thoroughly and completely, and most Republicans, saying she's endorsing Nikki Haley. What do they know that we don't know? Well, we know a lot. She's a rhino. As I've said, she's George Bush in a dress, really worse. She's deceived many, many, many of you. But the uniparty billionaires are lining up behind her. Koch, who's no conservative or constitutionalist, who makes makes partnership with Soros, his enterprises behind us. So all the money people, all the corporatists, all the trust fund babies, and all the rest are getting behind Nikki Haley, which means they're against you, Main Street USA. I believe this strongly. There's a debate in about 5, 10 minutes on the Fox News Channel. My buddy Sean Hannity is the moderator with Governor Ron DeSantis and Governor uh, Gruesome Newsom. I'll be watching. should be very, very interesting. Of course, we'll be pulling for Governor DeSantis here against Gruesome Newsome, who's all hair and no substance. We'll see how it goes. But you know how the media are. Oh, that was a debate moment there. He'll be filled with one-liners. But he's destroyed California. That's the bottom line. People can't get out of there fast enough. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world our brothers and sisters in Israel, our armed forces. Thank you, America. God bless you. I'll see you in two minutes. We'll watch Fox, watch the debate, and we'll talk about it tomorrow.